Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to the Listics AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and here with me, as always, is my good friend, Shawnee Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing this week, mate? Going well, Johnny John Van. That's not my name. Don't ever say that again. Johnny John Van Norden. Um, we are back with our uh, review series, so we are recording on a slightly different date this time. I know that these are going to all be released ahead of time, but we're back recording on the 22nd of January. Um, so I'm assuming these are probably going to be released in February. Um, probably. So again, I think we said this at the start of the first episode of the series. Um, don't be don't be alarmed if we're missing something that's happening uh, in the live sense. Um, we will try to release episodes still over that period of time, but we are creating a bit of space for the big man to have his first baby um, and be able to take some proper time in parental leave. So it's for a good cause um, and. I, know, I think the big man needs it. You need that space. Absolutely, mate. I'm going to need time to meet my new baby. Um, Mental health minute. Go for it. Yeah. Not much has changed really since last week, mate. Just um, feeling in a good space. Um, obviously, this week, no baby arrived. So, that's um, another week closer to the to the 40. So, I think 38 weeks tomorrow. So, that's exciting. It's getting closer and more imminent. Um, but... Yeah, no, everything's going well, mate. Job's going well, nice and busy, and um, yeah, just prepping up to to welcome baby Lewis into the world. So, um, how about you, mate? What's what's uh, what's going on in your mental health world? Um, things are pretty good. I had a pretty good reality check on the weekend um, when I caught up with an old friend who was doing it hard. Um, had been through a bit of a rough time, and. I came home to our house uh, being flooded um, with the storms and everything, uh, but it sort of was a pretty good reality check that everything around me was happening was, while it was stressful, it was just stuff uh, and stuff can be replaced. Um, the most important thing in all these cases is just, yeah, mental health and well-being and that your family and friends are, are well. Um, and yeah, so interesting week of perspective um wife is still away um she's headed away again this week so um good on her for being an important business lady uh, <laughs> but for me it means that well done amy yeah she's a she's a boss um uh, but for me it means probably more dinners like the one tonight which is hot dogs and pizza for sure, you sure you want to be out um listing that on <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah people can know like that's that's, that's fine um, man food yeah it was it was definitely more more man food than anything else the, but, the bachelor's dinner um it it did the trick it, did. Um, it filled a hole didn't it and that's all that it needed to do uh but we're back to getting through some clubs uh we'll get through three at a time yeah. and we're on to Hawthorne, Melbourne, and North Melbourne in this podcast. Um, yep. I think you would have started, or you would have finished, you would have been the one reading out the Greater Western Sydney Giants because you started the first episode. That would be correct. I think so, you're evens and I'm odds. Yeah. Uh, so, starting with the, the Hawthorne Football Club going through their retirements and delisting. So, Jared Roughhead retired, 
Caden Brand was delisted. Tim Miles was delisted. David Mirror delisted. Darren Mitchington delisted. Tim Moore retired, and Ryan Schoenmakers retired. Um, this is pretty much on par with what we thought. I think that we thought maybe a couple more should have retired. Um, I think yeah. we had guys like Poppy um, starting to move on and creating space for the younger players, uh, which is still my belief is that players like your Dylan Moores um, need to be given more game time um, to to develop and come onto the players that they're supposed to be, and that they're not going to win um, now with Poppy anyway. So. Um, time to start moving those players on but ultimately I agree with all of the delistings they made I guess some of the things that are interesting quirks about those delistings is that they shouldn't have been listings in the first place so Darren Minchington Tim Moore last year we both said bad like not, not good selections um, I know that they brought in Tim Moore for depth but he got injured time, pretty quickly yeah he'd been very injured and wasn't great depth anyway like he's not as he's not even sorry he's not as yeah. good a player as Mira, who they picked up for free um, from their club, like, and yeah. you could have taken a chance on a 25-year-old from the VFL and got a better result. Uh, and Darren Minchington um, was never going to be the next um, Surreali. So, yep, uh, all fair comments there, mate. Um, we gave him a five out of ten because it pretty much met expectations. I think we were we were going for a slightly more aggressive list turnover, um, and in the cold light of day, it's probably they've probably done enough. Um, definitely moved on I guess a lot of um, inactive parts of their list or parts that weren't playing yep uh, probably mirror or brand I would have kept but I mean it's it, it's really depth we're talking about here we're not yeah and then they ended up and, and they got frost so yeah they ended up bringing in Hartley as well I'm not oh, sure that's right. I'm not sure if they picked up Hartley um, I'm not sure actually if I've got Hartley in here Um I think he would come in as a free agent. He wasn't a trade, so I, he might have been a trade. I think he was came in as a delisted free agent or as a preseason draft pick. Um, so we'll, we'll have to confirm mm, that. But I mean, that's if, an interesting one. So if he came in as a free agent, then I'd probably give them a five out of ten. I think at the moment we don't have him in there, so we've got them as a four and a half out of ten. Because as we sort of always say, unless you're making use of the free. Pre-season draft selection. Pre-season draft. So, we'll count Canada's a draft pick. So, four and a half out of ten for their free agency moves because of no activity. Yep. Um, which is fine. Um, it's what most clubs got. At, um, but, moving on. Um, for their trade score, we gave them a six and a half. So, didn't give away a whole lot. Brought in some players that could be useful role players. Thought they potentially overpaid for some, but I think that they were trying to fill gaps on their list and... They did a pretty good job. Um, no real complaints. Draft picks were pretty good. Um, they were able to bring in some 2020 picks. Uh, so they brought in a round two pick tied to North Melbourne, a round three pick um, tied to Essendon, and a round four pick tied to the Western Bulldogs. And they gave up a uh, round two pick that was tied to Melbourne. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it is. Yep, that's correct. But how, how did they get a round two pick that was tied to Melbourne? That must have come in. No, 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 no. So that's the trade outs. Ah, uh, round two pick two Melbourne. Yep. I know, I understand. Okay, yep. you, you misread it, mate. I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit tired. Um, <laughs> cut, me, cut me some slack. Um, Never. So round two pick two Melbourne, and they got their North Melbourne pick. So really, North Melbourne pick maybe is one or two picks higher than the um, Hawthorne pick. Could be lower though. Um, 
the additional round three pick probably puts them in the positive just from that. Um, it's a six out of six out of ten for their 2020 trade moves. Thought they did quite well there, like just just enough picked up next year that I'm not sure if they've got any academy. Yeah, they do. They do. So, yeah, they I mean, got some additional points in the second and second and fourth, uh, third and fourth round. So I think that's important. It'll allow them to, um, given that they've got a second still and they've got their first potentially try to package those up to move above where a bid will come um, for it's not Reef McGuinness he's the one coming to Collingwood no, it's Collingwood yeah it's um, there's one other kid uh, another big kid who's going to them but um, I think they did pretty well the draft they got a 6 out of 10 for taking Will Day Finn McGuinness and Josh Morris now remember that a 6 out of 10 uh, the way we rate the draft is just how much we prefer that hand to another hand in the draft yeah and Six out of ten. I, I mean, I probably see it more as like a five and a half out of ten. But um, I think with a bit of encouragement from Sean, I, I've sort of given them a little bit nicer score and given them a six out of ten. I just there. try to get you to cut some slack, mate. I, I'm pretty harsh. Um, reason being, if I'm comparing them to another six out of ten, so that was Day and McGuinness were the two real players there. Um, if I'm comparing them to Cooper Stevens, DeConning. And Tahini, I'd prefer that. And if I was, yeah, but that's only like Tahini was a pick fifty. So when you actually look at it and you go, it's 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 six, just sixteen. It's just the 20, players though. Sixteen twenty two and well, and it's not the, we're not looking at the picks. We're just looking at the hand, the actual players that came in the door. Yeah, but so if I was also looking at Brisbane and looking at Devin Robinson, Brock Smith, and Keaton Coleman, I'd prefer those. No, nah, I wouldn't. Okay. So this is where this is yeah. why this is why they're sitting at six because we've got some difference there. Sean apparently loves Will Day and thinks he's going to be a Jet. Um, I'm no, I like Finn McGuinness actually. Uh, yeah, but. yeah. I, I, I'm probably unfair, uh, un, um, unfairly harsh on on Finn McGuinness. I just don't think that he did enough uh, at the championships, and I think that he was rated a little bit highly because he was a father son prospect. But um, uh, look, those guys were both high um, high potential prospects. So let's see how they go. Yep. Um, when we look at their uh, their grade for whether they met their needs, uh, we said move on a second round pick to dodge the Finn McGuinness bid, which they did. Um, we said get back in the draft, take more three more than three picks. Um, most clubs take three picks as a minimum, so more than three picks would have been anything four or above, uh, which they didn't. They took three, uh, and don't trade for a mature-aged player. Which they did times two. <laughs> Which they did times two, yeah. They traded for a couple of mature-aged players. Now, I'll, uh, looking back at their draft hand, I'm actually happy with the six because Michael Hartley will fall into there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Hartley falls in there, but he's not what we were talking about when we were saying go back to the draft and take more than three picks. We were talking about take four kids, four-plus yeah, kids, yeah, yeah, because absolutely. just to build the amount of kids that they've got on the list. Um Overall, uh, a 5.45 out of 10, which is not a bad score. I mean, it still puts them probably just above the above the average. Um, and I think that's probably how I viewed their offseason anyway. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't wasn't bad at all. Um, I think that they moved on some old players um, and brought in some middle-aged players that can fill those gaps as well as bringing in some young players that are going to start the rebuild. So yeah. ultimately, not a bad not a bad off-season at all. No, not at all. Um, agree with your sentiment there, mate. It's um, looking looking now we've got all the data, and I know we spoke about in previous episodes about where everyone sits. The average across our data set is 5.22. So 
close to our five being the middle. Yeah, it was I just mean, slightly higher, I think, this year. I, th- I thought about this as well. Um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit as to why it might be higher, but I thought about why it would be higher as well. It's because when you're making D-listings and retirements, you are moving out players that shouldn't be on your list. And when you go to the draft, you're moving in players that should be on your list. So most lists improve. Most lists improve in yeah. the off season. If you just went, if you just did those two key activities, no trading, no free agency, that's where it swings heavily. But yes. most clubs that just go to the uh, go and delist and retire older players and bring in some young high potential players have improved the profile of their list. So yeah, and and the other side of it is that now I think this year's spreadsheet that we've got better accounts for that live trading. And looking back at last year's data, I certainly saw a gap. Um, in our analysis around that because I mean it was new for everyone so we weren't really sure I guess how it was going to pan out and now we've got a year of kind of understanding how the the live trading works and we're a bit more across next year's draft pool we can quite easily um, make those assessments a lot easier and and I reckon that our numbers are probably getting closer to our target of five yeah um, just simply because we're able to balance it out because often when you have a really good draft hand, meaning that you've probably traded out either players, so that'll mark you down in trades, or you've traded out um, next year's picks, which will mark you down in the in the pick section. So that's where it'll all balance out. So um, yeah, look, overall, back to Hawthorne, um, I thought they had a really good period um, in the off season. I don't mind a lot of their list changes. Um, the, the addition of Patton and Frost certainly addresses holes in their list I think Hartley's the better pickup um, yeah, of just, yeah. of kind of all three just simply for consistency um, if, if Patton gets going to what he's capable of or even gets to 80% of what he's capable of he's he's going to be the pick of the lot um, obviously it's a big ask after three knee recos for him to be able to do that but you know Hawthorne's shown with Burgoyne who was apparently done when he went there um here he is going around for season 18, maybe, is it? 17? Yeah, he's going to get up there. He's probably 36, so probably 18. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, um, if anyone's going to kind of get it done, Hawthorne will. Um, so, yeah, look, um, pretty positive off-season. So. Yeah, we see them, um, as far as our ranking for next year, we see them finishing 10th. Um, so... But they're in a. They've got a. They've probably got one of the widest bands of anyone. Yeah, they do. I could see them finishing bottom four or top four. Yeah, um, absolutely. And a lot of that weight falls upon um, players they brought in over the last two to three years. Not the most recent year. It doesn't as much fall to maybe Frost a little bit, but not as much to Patton. For me, it falls to Wingard. It falls to Mitchell. These kind of players that they're well, brought Mitchell in. coming back. It certainly is going to be interesting and. and uh, Probably more intriguingly, um, a bit more recent news this week is that they're not even saying that he's likely to line up at Box Hill in round one, let alone Hawthorne. So um, there's obviously a little bit of, uh, I guess, concern or they're maybe just taking their time a bit more with him, which is good. Um, you'd rather them get him right and not rush him back. Obviously a pretty horrific injury, the leg break. Yeah, um, well, if you, you've got a... Um, not a Rolls-Royce. If you've got a... Uh, V8 uh, Holden 
Clubman. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Tom Mitchell a, a HSV mate. I'd, what, what is he? Just like prob- a- probably a bit more like an M5. Goes goes pretty hard when he needs to. Yeah, but he's not a classy kind of car like an M5. And an M5 isn't a classy car mate anymore. Mustang. Well, that's effectively a HSV, mate. Yeah, I know, but he is much more of a true, um, a bit more workman type. Bit more of a workman type. For, uh, yeah, so he's a, he's a Hilux. You uh, you you don't just go and take him out um, and risk him. You make sure that you're getting back to full. Um, yeah, yeah. So full look, speed before he comes you're right. Out. Like they I mean, I, I probably see more negative this year for them. I probably see them them slipping a little bit more, um, but. You know, with Clarko, you just never know. So, look, good on them. Um, they've had a good off season, and they're in the best position to really bounce back. They've, you know, done some things we probably wouldn't do, but yep. that's okay. Um, on to Melbourne, so we had um, Jordan Lewis, uh, Corey Maynard, Guy Walker, Tim Smith, all retire. Um, Jeff Garlett, Declan Kelty, Jay Kennedy, Harris, and Billy Stretch were delisted. Um, we gave the D's a, a four and a half out of ten for retirements and delistings. There were, um, I guess, losing key position depth um, in the sense of Tim Smith and Declan Kelty. When you don't have a lot of it, is is not not the best. Not that you can control who retires in Tim Smith's case, but um, I would have thought they would re-sign Declan Kelty after Smith retired. Um, they then. Um, Billy Stretch probably I would have given another year to I think that's what we talked about in the in the yeah. podcast so they've been marked down because of that um, and that's that's okay um, they went out and in the off season they signed Adam Tomlinson um, as a uh, unrestricted free agent so he's been brought in to play on the wing and, and he was the second best free agent in the main pool um, so they got 7 out of 10 for that, and as well as they signed uh, Mitch Brown as a delisted free agent via the SSP rules. So um, they kind of, even though we marked them down for losing Smith and Kelty in key position depth, um, they've gone and, and they've got a positive mark here because they've gone and got some some height in both players and key position yeah. in Mitch Brown's case. You know, he played, was it 16 games last year or something? Yeah, maybe more than that. He was a he's the best twenty two player at Essendon, so it's a win for yeah. sure. Um, and trade score, they got a five out of ten, overpaid, and um, in a few instances um, to maximise this year. So um, I think in the end, they I think had all that balance out. They um, it's, it's they actually live traded it back though, and ended up bringing back a lot of the value. So that, that's why it ended up being a 5 No, but we didn't take live trading into account when we did this score. So didn't live trading is the next one. So I thought the next one was just the balance of 2020 picks, not the... Because you could theoretically get 2020 picks. That no, but that was the live trade picks. They're all not, live trade, those picks. Not all of them. Not, there's no way that all of those picks are live trades. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, they the live trades are part of the next one. Okay. Um, it's all right. We'll, we'll they got they got they got five out of ten because they um, they pick they basically sacrificed next year's first round for this year's first round. They managed to do the flip with Fremantle, yeah, um, which which enabled them to to recover some value. So we gave them a five out of ten because by the time we hit the actual draft, 
they recovered a bit of value. Um, that said, next year, um, so picks in, they've got a second-round pick from Hawthorne, a uh, fourth-round pick tied to Carlton, which came via Frio and Adelaide, a round four pick tied to Frio as well, um, and they traded out a first-round pick, um, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. So effectively, they're down a first-round pick. Um, yeah. So they got three and a half out of ten for that, which was fair. Um, you know, next year's hand is quite weak. Um, Draft-wise, Luke Jackson at three, Keziah Pickett at 12, and Trent Rivers at 32. Uh, in terms of actual draft hands, <laughs> we rated this as, I think, third or fourth highest that we would have liked. Yeah. Um, so they got seven a, and a half out of ten. Jackson helps that. Although he's yeah. not the, necessarily the perfect fit for Melbourne, he's a no. very, he's a good player. Um, exactly, yeah. So fit wise, it doesn't really matter. Jackson's a great player. We had him early going high. So um, what we said, we said Melbourne should bring in pacey, skillful players, which they did with Cozzy Pickett. Um, if you have pick three, split it down. They didn't do that, so they got Mark against. Um, and don't bring in any contested midfielders, which they did, amazingly. Um, so they got two out of three for a six and a half. Their overall off-season score was 5.7, probably a little bit higher than I would have expected, to be honest. Um, I probably would have had us around Hawthorne's mark. That said, um, I think it was um, an above-average off-season for us, but next year will be a below average because of the moves they've made this year yep so have them finishing eighth at the moment but again the band on them is huge if we get melbourne of last year it's second last if we get melbourne of two years ago it's probably fourth um in a very similar spot to hawthorne just with a different list profile and without the forgiveness that hawthorne supporters have so um yeah i mean it's really hard we're doing the ladder predictions just to kind of throw it on the line but um I do think that, yeah, there's Melbourne and Hawthorne uh, and even St Kilda, which we'll get to a bit later. Um, they're probably two of the widest band teams we've got. Yeah, I reckon Melbourne could go... I think Melbourne will go higher than this. I um, I think we were being a little... I was personally being a little bit, um, I don't know, not modest, withheld. I don't know what the right word is on them when we were doing these scores. I actually think that they'll return to the top six teams. Um, I'm reasonably confident about that. But it, given the way they played last year, this was a safe thing to do. Um, so let's just see how that all pans As out. As a Melbourne supporter, I'm not willing to commit to what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that seems that seems fair. Um, Next up, North Melbourne, mate. Yeah, North Melbourne. Um, Reg Og. Reg Og Murphy uh, retired. Scott Thompson retired. He was a warrior. Uh, Tom Wilkinson uh, quit to be on the Amazing Race. Um, good on him. Well done, mate. <laughs> um, Sam Wright retired. Nathan Hrobat delisted. Declan Watson delisted. Tom McKenzie delisted. This, these guys got a 7 out of 10 for their off-season uh, delistings and retirees because I think they pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything that we Absolutely. sort of suggested. Just got rid of players that weren't good enough and a couple of players like your Sam Wrights who retired but could have theoretically been encouraged to play on given their age um, but I the th- club made the right decision there yeah like team players like Declan Watson who kind of tease a little bit um, like it was you know it's 
obviously disappointing for the player to, to their AFL careers over, but from a list management perspective, um, it was the right move. So I was really encouraged by North Melbourne. They were being brave, obviously, with um, with Luffy's first season, in, uh, first off season in charge um, after Cam Joyce left. I think that yeah, it was an excellent um, excellent assessment of their list that, that and and good turnovers that they did. Yep, uh, definitely was. Um, moving into the free agency period, they picked up Josh Walker as a delisted free agent. We gave him a six and a half out of ten just both for quality of player who'll probably fit into their best 22 next year. I'll yep. be surprised if he doesn't, uh, and also role fit. Um, so yeah, when they have you, a gap for him. Yeah, exactly. When you go and you get a free agent, I guess you get points for the quality of the free agent you bring in, and then you also get points for uh, how good that player fits your team. Uh, yep. For example, if Gold Coast, I know that they went to the free agency pool and got Brandon Ellis, but potentially if they'd got a contested ball version, winning version of Brandon Ellis, I don't know who that would be, um, then they would have got a higher mark because that's probably the area of the ground that they lack yeah. the most in. Um, yeah. So it, it's both about that role fit as well as the quality of the player that you get. Yeah. Uh, moving into the trade, uh, they got a 5.5 out of 10. Generally, um, not too active. They did bring in... Uh, Aiden Bonner for not much and they did get a future second round a future first round pick um, as well as a second round pick for a current first round pick so they were able to draw an overpay I think we marked them down slightly for another trade um, which yeah they, we marked them down for a trade that they made on the draft night um, and pick yeah they, what they bring pick 30 and yeah, it was it was something that they actually they made some good trades on draft night as well but there was yeah. one that there was one that sort of let them down a little bit um, they're as far as their future picks and stuff go, they were able to improve their hands. Um, they have got a six and a half out of ten by bringing in Melbourne's first round pick, Essendon's second round pick, and a fourth round pick. Uh, they were also able to uh, move on their second round pick and their third round pick. So really, um, it's a first and a fourth round pick for a third round pick out um, so it's definitely improvement six and a half out of ten um, getting that first round pick especially could be anywhere but um, important to take a chance like that yep really liked it as for the draft they're probably one of the I mean they just started later so they didn't have as much scope to be able to take a lot of great players but they did get in Charlie Combin uh, Jack Marnie and Flynn Perez Flynn Perez probably the bit of a surprise packet for me. Um, obviously, the club knew that they weren't going to take any more selections after this pick because otherwise they could have gone elsewhere. Um, but they they look like they got the players they want and in the area of the draft that they want. So four and a half out of ten, but they'd already earned some more points. Um, well, it's offset by next year's improved hand. Yeah. So they're always going to do poorly this year because they trade away that first round pick. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's also the sacrifice you make um, in the trade that they made with Melbourne. Um, you're yeah. backing on Melbourne to do really shit. Melbourne's backing themselves to do really good. Um, and effectively, you know, um, North Melbourne would want a net return of pick eight at worst. Yeah. Um, and Melbourne would want it to be somewhere around pick 12. At worst uh, for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and when we looked at what they needed, we said take all your picks to the draft, which they didn't do. They obviously traded out their first pick, which, you know, they got overs for, so it was, would have been really hard to say no to, but I also felt like they really needed a first-round pick in this draft. So um, it, that was a hard one. 
Um, get a Ruckman and a key defender. They got a key defender. Didn't get a Ruckman. Um, oh, that's hard. Charlie Common is a Ruckman. Um, so, yeah. Potentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think they probably addressed both those needs. I think we were sort of meaning like a more slightly mature, but the, they did address both of those needs. Um, get more picks and uh, get a free agent to fill the gap. They did that as well. So. Um, they did two out of three for a six and a half out of ten. Um, overall, they got a five point nine five, so almost a six, uh, but not quite a six. A five point nine five uh, out of ten. Yep, it was excellent from them. Yeah, um, it's a really good period. Yep, and that five point nine five places them basically fourth overall for the off season. Yeah, um, we'll run through a full list at the, in the last podcast, but um, yeah, just. Awesome work by North. Um, lot, a lot to go home and be very happy about. Um, yeah, I, I guess next year is probably. I mean, for the fans, it's probably going to be a bit of a down year. Um, I just think, given the position of their list and everything, they're probably looking like um, the bottom eight. Might not even the bottom ten. Definitely the bottom eight. I don't think they're quite in that finals conversation. I think they're probably better than Fremantle and a few others, but. Um, I don't think they're quite at the Hawthorne, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Essendon area. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to know. I think they think they might be. Um, so I'd be very interested to see how they go this year. There's a couple of teams that I'm pretty interested to see. To be fair, I'm interested to see football. So um, there's a lot of things that I'm interested to see. But um, watching a club like North Melbourne, who obviously have still a lot of senior players around um, and players that really want to win so I'll be very interested to see I'm not saying that there are clubs that have players that don't want to win but you know what I mean guys like Jack Siebel and you're talking about the shin bonus spirit yeah, I'm talking about the shin bonus spirit I, I am know sad. this the I am shin sad bonus that spirit mate I don't um, know how many times I have to tell you I'm sad that they didn't get Will Gould because he is the shin bonus spirit um, he just completely encapsulates it but you can't have everything that you want um, so I mean this was the, this was another episode in the series and we did get through our three um, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon Sean I think we're going to be going through Port Adelaide uh, Richmond and St Kilda next yep. uh, so we get to the premiers uh, with people that were the most and probably two of the clubs that were the most active in the whole period so yeah it should be a good one actually yeah no, I'm really excited well listeners know that they, they know it's going to be a good one um, but thanks again for coming mate and yeah look forward to speaking with everybody soon Thanks, mate. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See ya. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. Know when anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.